December 14th, 2021. This is Betsy. Here we are today, everyone. Here we are today. December 14th. Here we are today. This is a podcast about life and the joys and challenges of the human experience and mainly my curiosities about the human experience through the lens of my own experience and what I observe in others. My hope is that you get something valuable out of these stories, examples, that it offers you some kind of perspective that helps you see yourself maybe in a new or different way or appreciate yourself in a new or different way. And these episodes are improvised, unedited, no fixes, and no help from post-production. <laughs> No help at all. No help at all. And uh, today I was thinking about, um, well, yesterday my sister posted that uh, is the anniversary of her getting her car several years ago, which her car is awesome. It's a Prius. And I got my car December 14th in 2014. So I have a Prius C white and I named my car Luna. The name of the color of the paint is like Luna something something. And I love the moon so much. So my car's name's Luna. And uh, Luna gets 46 miles to the gallon, which is something I really love about Luna. And also just that I can hop and bop around. But my my relationship to cars and driving goes very deep. And as I started thinking about talking about that, I thought this is going to be a long episode or it's going to be several. So I think it's not going to be a super long episode. I'm going to keep it tight-ish. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I love driving as a kid. I We had a property where we had some, there were tractors that had grooved some paths that were the size of cars. And so my parents let us drive one of the cars out there on those dirt paths to learn how to drive a stick. And I think I started doing it, that at maybe 13. Like we would just drive kind of slowly around, maybe 14. Um, but I learned how to drive a stick well by the time I was... 15 probably. And the driveway was very steep. So we would like park on the driveway to see if we could engage, you know, start driving up the hill without blowing a bunch of rocks out behind the vehicle. If you know how to drive a stick, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, I did dig a pretty good hole in that driveway once, but I loved to drive and I, I just still do love to drive. So when I turned 15 in the state of Michigan, you could get your your per- driver's permit, otherwise known as a learner's permit in other states. We didn't call it that then. And as soon as I was qualified to go through the course and take the test, I signed up. And two weeks after turning 15, I got my permit. Well, I took my driving course at Sears and in our town, and I believe that out of the, it was like a hundred, over a hundred questions, 150. I took the test and, um, I got two wrong on the test. And the instructor said to me that, that he got three wrong on the test. So I felt like, but bam, I mean, it's probably the best I ever did in that test. Let's just say I was a B student. 
Um, I got a three five in high school. I mean, yeah, there were some A's in there, but like in college, I was a B student. So you know, to get two wrong out of one hundred fifty or one hundred thirty, whatever it was, I felt like pretty awesome. Pardon me, taking a sip of my post lunch Lacroix. Um, I like to have a Lacroix after lunch. So, um, what part of driving do I want to talk about? Well, I want to talk about my Carluna, but I got my license or my driver's permit. So I would always drive if I was with, you know, my parents. I mean, there was no other adults for me to be, uh, driving with a permit. And, um, like I couldn't drive with my siblings. I had to drive with my parents. So if we were going anywhere, I would always drive. And, um, we had like a high top conversion van. We had a truck that was a stick. So I got to, I got to learn like on different types of vehicles. That part was very enriching and I really enjoyed it. So I've always loved to drive. And when I first got my first car that was mine, I was just graduated college and I decided to lease a car. Well, I, I was working in Flint and I thought, Right, we always had Toyotas, but I I just thought, you know, it's Flint, it's GM, you know, it's all it's you know, American cars. So, I got a Jeep Jeep Cherokee Sport blue 2001. I leased it. And for some reason I got a 5-year lease. This is where we enter into By the way, this story leads to me my current car. Um I will keep this part short, which is I leased that car. I had it for a year. I thought I wanted to get a different car. And this is, this put you, put yourself into a mindset if you can. And maybe you are, maybe you are 23. I don't know. But I thought I was making a ton of money and I thought I wanted to get an awesome car. And I think for the time I was making good money and, and had really no, really good kind of skills around that, uh, experience. And so, um, my friend who was a manager got a new BMW and I thought that's what I want. So I had heard somebody say, Oh, you can get out of your lease and get a different car. But I missed a very important detail in that. So I already had this five-year lease that I was like a year and a half into for this Jeep. And I go into the BMW dealership and I get a brand new BMW. (laughs) Gosh, the story gets more ridiculous sounding like as the years march on. Got a brand new BMW, 325 XI, $600 a month. Drove out of there went to call the original lease to say, I want to get out of it. And they said, well, you can't get out of it. I'm like, I thought I could just get out of it. They're like, no, like, yeah, we could get you into a different car, but you can't get out of it just like that. And so I was like, gulp. And then all the other ways I could try to figure out like selling the G like none of it worked. It, it probably would have been a good idea for me to just try to like do something dramatic at that point. But I was too much in shame and too embarrassed about the situation to do anything about it. So for three years between the ages of 23 and 26, it's even hard to, to say this out loud because this experience was, uh, it was a lot of money. 
And it was a lot of money during a time when I went from making a good amount of money to getting like really depressed and injured. And, and then my business like was like not making money for a short time. Like it, it, it just was, <laughs> it was not a good situation. Um, all right, little chime sound. So about two and a half hours has passed. I know it's amazing. That little chime goes and then boom, we're two and a half hours in the future. Well, major internet issue, um, needed to address that. And then I had therapy and then a couple more curveballs after that. So I am in a much different, uh, head and heart space, uh, where I was in that story. So the bridge from that time was that I ended up leasing two cars at the same time. And I had those two cars for three years. One thing I didn't really know is that before, just to add to the stacking up of weird, um, ripple effects and ramifications and slash bad decisions that I made around that is that I got a couple of speeding tickets right around that time. And my car insurance went up to $440 a month. So for three years, I didn't problem solve to try to get out of the situation and instead had uh, well, you know, $1,200 in car payments plus insurance, not including gas. And some of that time I went into debt. I mean, it's not like I was making so much money and then I was just spending that money on these cars. It's like I couldn't afford it. So those years weighed heavily on me. I, I turned in the last lease car of that group, November 11th, 2005, when I moved. The next day I flew to move to California and that actually, that those dates just lined up with how I was planning it otherwise. So that seemed lucky. Um, but from that point, I was like, nope, I'm good for cars for a while. Like I am not getting another car for ever, ever. And I had just felt like I spent so much money and wasted so much money. Now, I did enjoy both of those cars. And so that's what I tried to do while I had them was enjoy both of them. But I mean, how ridiculous. I'm still not over it, as you can tell. But um, so then I lived in San Francisco. Well, San Francisco, I took public transportation and I didn't have a car. I would use Zipcar or you know, coming up to the kind of 2010. So 2005, I did not have a car. Then early 2010s, I think I was, I remember that I was taking cabs a lot um, because I had been riding the bus and the trains, but based on all the things I was doing for work and schedule, just the time that it takes on um, the bus and the trains, well, particularly the bus and the routes I was going was just a long time. Uh, I did have a bicycle too. So in 2010, I would ride my bike. I lived in Oakland. I'd ride my bike to BART, take BART to San Francisco, and then I would take a bus 
from there to take improv class. I would, I went an hour, mm, 15, 20 minutes each way. I enjoyed that though. I enjoyed, I enjoyed riding my bike and doing all that. And, um, and so I had thought about getting a car at a couple of different points in time after that, but I always just thought to myself, I don't really need it living in the city. And then in about 2012, 13, I joined a group with some amazing women and it was a group of five of us. And it was like an accountability kind of encouragement, um, group, professional and personal kind of development support. And we all had different you know, types of careers and could encourage and support one another through that, through our lives and process. And we weren't, some of us were friends. Everyone was friends kind of outside of the circle in some combination, but it wasn't necessarily a group of friends, but we became close. It was extremely powerful and we would do like vision boards. And, and there was this one I remember in particular that I was like, I could see the future that I wanted to have. And in many ways, a future that I'm currently living. And at that point in time, I was dreaming of having a relationship and getting married and having a family. And I can still see some of the images from that, from that vision board. And I knew I, there was something about having a car that was important for me to be able to expand into this vision. I didn't know exactly what it was. Well, um, by the time I decided to get a car, so leading up to December, 2014, cause the car I have, I've had for seven years. So I went nine years of my adulthood without a car, which I felt like I had to do to make up for the financial decision from previously to kind of even it out. I feel like that kind of did. I mean, I took like 500 Uber rides in 2012 or so, 13, whatever was like the first couple of years Uber was in business. Um, and so when I decided to get a car, I still knew I wanted to get a car, but I could, I just couldn't justify it to myself based on how much I spent in the past and how much I thought I would use it. So I had this idea that I would also like, I would sign up to be an Uber driver as part of this kind of experiment. It's like, I needed to do that to give myself permission to get the car. Even though by that time I was doing fine financially and I could afford the car and it was, you know, but I just couldn't justify it to myself. So I signed up to be an Uber driver. Well, I signed up to be an Uber driver. And part of that experience, um, I kept an anonymous blog about my experience driving. And I, I guess I've told, I guess not that many people that I did this. Um, it was a fascinating experience. Let me tell you, it was very fascinating. And I did on my blog, I think maybe like ended up being 12 posts. And I think I probably did uh, maybe 50 rides, you know, I, around that time I got the car in December, I remember driving the night of Christmas. I drove New Year's. I drove Valentine's day. Like I didn't have plans during those times. And I, maybe I did have some plans. I don't know, but I, I would like after doing something socially, I would go drive afterwards. And, um, and I wrote about some of those experiences and one of them, I tried to pull up the blog so that I could read like a little excerpt from one of them. Um, and I, I couldn't find the actual 
blog you know how that goes like over these years of all these different services it's like i don't know where i put this blog like was it on tumblr no it wasn't on it was not on tumblr um which i looked up but there is this one story where i pulled up to this house and and in this post i wrote like the timestamps and everything and and i also editorialized the the, th the part I want to share is that I pulled up to this house at 828 and on the app, you say like when you're there and this uh, man and woman kind of like one at a time were like coming outside and they were not calling me or saying, hey, we need a few minutes or anything. And after like seven minutes, I called and they didn't answer. And I'm like, this is so interesting. I don't know something's going on here, but I can't tell what couple more minutes go by. I'm like, should I call again? I mean, keep in mind, like, have you ever had an Uber driver wait seven minutes to call you? I mean, it is pretty funny. I'm just kind of like noticing what, what, how people operate, like, well, how are they going to behave? And, um, you know, I think that, you know, my first, my first job that I had was, um, as a waitress at big boy and, you know, that was the hardest job. That was, that was one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. And that was the worst I've ever been treated um, at work, for sure, um, by customers. And I remember being yelled at about bringing this guy's soup and sandwich at the same time. It was like, it was like I killed his cat or something. I mean, he just screaming at me. So it was really, really hard. And I think that uh, it is horrifying how badly, you know, we treat each other just in general, but, uh, you know, in restaurants or service people who are in service oriented jobs and how, how people behave. It's just really something. So anyway, I'm driving and I get to be on that side of it as the driver to see how people are going to treat me. Right. And, um, my buzzer is going off downstairs cause I'm cooking. I will wrap this up. Basically, finally, 839, the dude comes out and he's got dogs. Now he goes to walk the dogs. And I am just like, wow, 843. So now I've been there 15 minutes and this man and woman, they hop into the car. They go, hi, how are you? Like smiley. And they tell me where they're going. They do not say, oh, sorry, we're late or we took extra time. I just was like, wow, these people are interesting. Just to not say that. Um, then we get, then I we're driving. And they're not talking. And this woman says, and I know her name's Sarah because she was the one who called the Uber. She said, well, what are you going to say to him? And he goes, about what? And she says, about why you're over an hour late. And I'm on the inside going, what? No way. Like, I thought they were late for, for the ride, right? Like, he was late coming over to her place or to come home or something. And I'm thinking, what is happening? And he says, because. He goes, because. I mean, literally, he just says, because she goes. And then what she says is, that's really going to fly with my family. And I'm going, no, this guy's an asshole. Oh, my God, what happened? And I'm like, how? Why? What happened? There it is. And I'm like, OK, now everything's ex like coming together for me because I'm like, this explains why this situation feels so weird and all this weird energy. And then it's just silence, silence, silence. And then and then she this woman starts talking about some day kind of like uh, regular topic of she's talking about a friend she has visiting and um i'm gonna go stop my timer and be back to tell the rest of this <laughs>
Okay, b believe it or not, two, inter two interruptions. Um, I'm surprised if that will ever happen again. And she, she, she literally says to him, really, what are you going to say to them? Like to her family. And now I'm like feeling this pain. I'm just like, what is happening? She says, what are you going to say to them? And he literally says nothing. And it was really hard to hear how much he was just totally blowing her off. And he didn't, he didn't say anything. And we pulled up to the restaurant and they opened the doors to hop out and in unison in a high-pitched, happy-sounding tone that I hadn't heard the whole ride, they said, thank you so much. As if two entirely new, happy, loving people were getting out of the car. I was like, wow. So having the experience of, I could talk a lot more about that driving for those rides. Um, it was probably a total of like maybe eight different seven or eight different kind of nights. Oh, my oven's beeping again. This is just a comedy today. I think it'll stop beeping. Um, and so that, you know, the, the most beautiful thing about the car that I haven't mentioned yet is that I did, I uh, went online dating in soon after I got the car early 2015. And I, would have set the mileage range of dating uh, to, you know, living in San Francisco, I probably would have set it to like 10 miles or something, seven, five to 10 miles. And I set it to, I think 50 miles. And that was because I had the car. And um, that's how I met my wife. She lived in Palo Alto. I lived in San Francisco. It's like a 30, well, from where I lived and where she lived and we started dating, it was a 37 minute drive, but who's counting, right? Um, but I wouldn't have set the the range because I wouldn't have thought that that would have been feasible to uh, travel to date somebody that far away. So that was pretty magical. And that was within months of getting my car. And then there were many other things that I had access to because I had the had my car had gave myself permission to have the car and the relationship i've had with my car has been a really special one and and there have been some really rough times that i've had over the last 10 years over the last seven years that i've had the car um not related to my wife but related to some other things and related to my work and that my car provided a lot of um safety and and security for me because I had my car to get me out of situations or I could, I could get into my car. Right. So I'm just so grateful for my car. And if you are someone who has a vehicle or access to a vehicle, and, um, I'm just practicing a lot of gratitude for my vehicle and, and the ability I have to go places in it. And, and, um, so maybe it's a moment for you to think about how you get around and how you travel and move in the world. And, and the ways in which your ability, if you have a car, to have a vehicle and to move like that um, provides you, and to show some gratitude and to just have some gratitude and re reflection about what that enables in your life for you, maybe your family, maybe others, um, because it is—it's a huge, it's—it it, it can be a burden, right? Um, like my earlier story, but that I created for myself in my early twenties, but it can also be a great gift. And, um, so I love my car and there's a house across the street from us that's for sale. And I went to look at the pictures and outside the bedroom window, you can see my little Luna. And I thought, Oh, Luna, 
just you'll be captured in these pictures for all time. Sending lots of love to you and any cars in your life. Um, grateful to them for carrying you where you need and want to go. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks for your patience through all the hiccups today. Bye-bye.